This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about custard. I think I'm excited about this. We've done episodes before where I didn't know much about the topic, but this is one where, like, you said custard, and I'm like, oh, custard, yeah, everyone knows custard, and then, like, I realized the massive gaping abyss at the center of my knowledge. Well, here's the thing, Matthew, I think that... So we're going to define custard in a second, but I think custard... Oh, we're having the define the custard conversation. we are. Also, have you noticed that custard in general is just kind of like a gross word? And it seems like... Like when I was on Wikipedia looking up custard, there were pictures with captions like a bowl of custard and stuff like that. And I was like, God, this sounds like like a really terrible euphemism or... It does. Like... Like Baby batter? Is that what you're thinking? Baby batter. Like, yeah. Boy. Yeah, let's just introduce that at the top of the show so that you won't be able to think about anything (laughs) else for the next 47 minutes. Anyway, so yeah, I also keep finding myself wanting to talk about like. You know, Colonel Mustard from the game Clue. Well, I, I keep wishing his name were Colonel Custard. Oh, oh, I see. Right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay, but what it's, I, we're we're due for a Clue reboot, I think. What or or in England where we're talking about Cluedo. What I'm trying to say here is that I think you're going to find that custard is everywhere. <laughs> as soon as we yeah. start talking about, okay. It. No, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I, I want to learn about like the, the world of custard all around me. It's like it's like <laughs> fungi. It is. Or like bacteria. Like mm-hmm. the custard will outlive us all. Oh, yeah. Y- I mean, yes. I think it's not living, but <laughs> I'm I'm still working on this bit. Okay. Okay. Anyway, what I also want to specify right off the top is that we're talking about sweet custards here, not savory custards. So uh so no quiche. What else is there? What savory custards? Chawanmushi. Yes. Okay. None of that. That's the the Japanese savory custard. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we're talking sweet custards here. But chawanmushi is like the only custard I know. Well, here we go. Let's go All down right. memory lane. Great. So I do remember custard having custard like a, like a 
I think I want to say like a cold vanilla custard as a kid, and I didn't like it. It it was like kind of too eggy for me, maybe. Mm -hmm. I know we've talked in previous episodes about how I was um, very anti-lumps in my yogurt as a child. (laughs) Like, like, like finding a lump in my Dan and vanilla yogurt could just ruin everything for me. I was a fun child, extremely fun child. Anyway, so that carried over into custard for me. I found custard to be a really challenging texture as a child, even though... But how often did this come up? Well, you know, pudding comes up a lot when you're a kid. Wait a minute, but is pudding custard? Pudding is a custard. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad we're getting mm-hmm. into this because I wanted to talk about that because, like, I tried to figure out, like, I Googled what is the di- – like, I started typing what is the difference and, and Google just completed between pudding and custard. Um, <laughs> yes, it did. And I still – I didn't understand. Like, okay. there were so many we're, we're contradictory gonna, answers. We're going to get there. But basically, you know, when you're a kid, do you remember all those Jello pudding ads? Yes, absolutely. And, like, you know, I think when you and I were kids, that was sort of when there were first single-serving pudding cups introduced yes absolutely um so i do feel like pudding was a prominent dessert and snack in my childhood era and i was not into it so my dad was always a big fan of custards whether he, he loved making rice pudding and okay. he whenever we were in a restaurant that offered creme brulee he would want to get creme brulee and i found it pretty terrifying because of the torch no because of the texture of the custard custard oh, to creme, me you know creme brulee is good you oh. were you were wrong oh, to, to I was, doubt it. I was big time wrong. I mean, I, I although actually, usually it's not good because usually something's wrong with it. But when it's good, it's very good. Well, here's the thing. I think that for me, the texture of custards and puddings was a bit too close to the texture of jello, which I did not like as a child. Okay. Like too jiggly, too gelatinous. And now I'm into all of those things. Yeah, no, like I, you, you we know that, that like you're all about jiggly things now. I, yeah, jiggly puff. Jiggly puff um, <laughs> who, who evolves into I don't know. We've reached the edge of Jiggly my, master. We've reached <laughs> oh, the edge Edge of my Pokemon knowledge. <laughs> All right. So, see, I started typing who does, and Google <laughs> uh, immediately completed Jigglypuff evolve into, and the answer is Wigglytuff. Oh, God. That's great. Oh, this is so cute. Is that like when you overset your custard, it goes from being Jigglypuff to Wigglytuff? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Wigglytuff is like the Jello Jigglers of Pokemon. Yeah. Okay, but wait, I do want to I do want to issue I want to point out an exception to my my custard and pudding sort of phobia. And that is, do you remember when we went to Oklahoma City, Matthew? One of our I do. famous corporate retreats. God, I miss our corporate retreats. I know, me too. We had to do our corporate <laughs> retreat this year on Zoom. <laughs> We didn't. And it was actually, wait, this is our corporate retreat right now. You're listening to wait, it. Wait, are we going to do? So th- this episode is airing in mid-January. January or March is in the past when we've done our corporate retreats. Are we doing a, y- y- you just said we did our corporate retreat on Zoom. You were talking about your other job. But, um, I was I was trying to make a joke, but like the joke didn't come together. No, I don't think you and Abby and I should do a corporate retreat on Zoom. <laughs> That sounds like recording an episode of Dire Desires. It sounds like recording an episode of Dire Desires, which which that would be fun, but like 
we we already talk to each other all the time. Like if uh, if we can't go anywhere, which we can't, let's, let's just keep doing what we're doing. Okay. Unless you would especially like to. Well, let's go. Let's let's plan this. Let's hash this all out. Like while people are listening in. Let's plan a corporate retreat in 2022. Okay. I think yeah. I think we said we were going to go to Winnipeg. Oh, that's or Detroit. Right. Wait, you also wanted to go to um. What was the city in um in the Yukon Territory? Uh, uh, no, is is that the right name? White Horse. White Horse. Yeah, we could go to White Horse. Okay. Yeah, I want uh, sign me up someday. Man. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Anyway, what I wanted to say is that the one exception to my pudding and custard dislike as a child was um, the potocrem at the Metro Restaurant in Oklahoma City, which is this kind of stuffy upper crusty restaurant that my parents used to like to go to. And I think about the time that I was maybe in middle school, uh, somehow I decided that it might be safe to order a dessert there called a pot de creme. It was my first time ever encountering it. I also had a memorable pot de creme encounter as a child. And I loved it. You got to choose from three different sauces, either caramel sauce, chocolate sauce, or a raspberry puree. And I would pretty much always choose the chocolate sauce. And um, and I think that for me was my my custard gateway. So many things are custard. Like I, I think a pot of creme is custard. A pot of creme is custard. Should we get? Yeah, into, I guess so. To, it's like it's thickened with eggs, right? Should we get into um to talking about what we're talking about when we talk about custard? That famous Murakami book. Yes. Um. Isn't it? Isn't it like Raymond Carver? No. There's also like. Wait, what? Wait, what is the Murakami one? Like what I think about when I think about running or. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you're right. Murakami. Raymond Carver, what what we talk talk about about when when I talk about running. Okay, so the original was What We Talk About When We Talk About Love, a book by Raymond Carver. How did I know that? As you know, literature, not my thing. Mm hmm. I think I should get like at least a cut of the Nobel Prize for for remembering that that was a Raymond Carver title. Do you want the Nobel Prize for literature or wi- no? Just for being like a like a trivia asshole. There's there's got to be one of those, right? Do I get the one for for Murakami? Yeah, yeah, you do. I mean, we'll, I got we'll the title share, wrong, but we'll share the prize money. Okay. This. Okay. Well, anyway, so let's tell the listener what we're talking about when we talk about custard, and by let's. I mean me, I'm going yes. to tell. Okay, so at its most basic, when we're talking about custard on this episode, and I think in general, we... Wait, okay. So we're not talking about, what were you going to say? I was going to say, does that mean that when we talk about custard on a different episode, it's going to mean something different? Yes. When we talk about custard today, we are talking about like a dish or a culinary preparation made from milk or cream that is cooked with egg or egg yolk to thicken it plus a sweetener. So I mean And that's and that's it. Anything that fits those qualifications can be called a custard. I kind of think so. I mean when you when you Oh yeah, no, I I believe yeah. you. Yeah. And I mean some there are many things that are sometimes added to it. Uh, certainly flavors, vanilla or um you know, you you could steep mint in that cream. You could make a mint custard. And then, of course, okay. some starches are sometimes added. Flour, cornstarch, sometimes gelatin is used. And, and these things, we'll talk more about that in a second. But 
Uh, starches help stabilize the custard. So just gelatin gives it a bit of a different texture. But in general, we're talking about uh, milk or cream that is heated with egg and the egg thickens it into a texture that we know as custard. Now, okay. that said... But that, that texture is a wide variety of textures, really, it, isn't it? It is. It can be thin and pourable, like a, like, um, like a creme anglaise. Mm-hmm. Or it can be like as thick as pastry cream like uh you know that you could pipe out with a uh you know a pastry bag like the stuff you find in an eclair right okay okay yeah that that is how i've most often encountered custard in my life i think not because i'm always snarfing eclairs yeah. um or boston, no like boston in a you know like a boston pie. cream donut yep yeah there you go so <clears throat> custard is really easy to make but finicky. It's usually cooked in a double boiler uh, or a bain-marie so that it can be heated very, very gently. You can also do it in a saucepan, but uh, it Mm -hmm. takes real care to keep the heat gentle enough. Because so the the deal is, is that as you heat this milk and an egg mixture, the egg proteins coagulate and that's what thickens it and kind of creates this gel structure. Right. And there are emulsifiers in the egg. I presume the egg yolk that also help to maintain that structure once it's So made. it's sort of like you're making a really diluted, soft-boiled egg. You really, really <laughs> I don't know if I like that, Matthew. But <laughs> I, I don't. I don't either. But it's sort of true, right? It is. It is. Yeah. It is. And you can imagine that this is a pretty delicate operation because you know egg <laughs> scrambles really easily. Like it doesn't take much heat to cause those proteins to set really hard and and overcook which would create lumps in your custard kind of like scrambled eggs in your custard you know Mm-hmm. Um, but then can, you can strain it, right? You can strain it. Yep. The other thing that can help is, uh, and here's here's where some people like to add flour or cornstarch, because the starch can help prevent curdling because it sort of absorbs heat in the mixture. So okay. it can maintain like a more regular and gradual transfer of heat through the mixture. So I think of like if you add starch to me, that makes it a pudding. If you're going to be serving it in pudding style, well, sure. So but, I guess, but a pudding maybe is all a custard. puddings are custards, but not all custards are puddings. Exactly. Okay. Yes. There can we, we go, go? Can we rewind for just a second? Because yeah. um, you said a delicate operation, and uh, I have this kind of obsession with like trying to find ways in real life to say things that people only say in movies and TV shows. And so when you said that, all I could imagine was you like gathering like the the team, like the the mercenary team around, mm. be like, I don't have to tell. you you folks that this is a delicate operation it's a real oceans 11 yes exactly you you would be great at leading a heist the way you just worked delicate operation into into your conversation like it was nothing and you know when when we talk about heists i think of the movie sexy beast yeah what do we talk about when we talk about heists? which then makes me think about the ben kingsley character don logan yeah, that guy was mean. I don't want to, I don't like it. Well, him. and I know on I the mean, show before, him, I've but... done my Don Logan imitation when he says no repeatedly and then yes repeatedly, yes, yes. which I'm not going to do again. You got to find the old episode and then and, and look it up. Okay, yeah. Uh, but anyway. Check the transcripts. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I want to also say that custard apparently can, like, cooks quite well in a pressure cooker, which I would not oh, have thought of. Okay, that makes, does that make sense? I, I don't. Yeah, no, it's, I mean. It's interesting because doesn't it seem like the eggs would like crazily overcook? Doesn't it? It seems so imprecise, a pressure cooker, but I guess, 
I don't know. But anyway, um, just to to really see exactly how... <laughs> How to oh no! <laughs> the the heist was going so well before it was revealed <laughs> that, that Molly was a malfunctioning robot. No, what I wanted to say is twist. I went and got one of my. Uh, so, as our listeners know, you and I are both big fans of our instant pots. Yes, and I have the book Dinner in an Instant by Melissa Clark, and in it she has there's a short dessert chapter at the end. Guess what? All the desserts in the dessert chapter are variations of custards. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yep. We've got um, a white, cho- a butterscotch white chocolate pudding, bittersweet chocolate pudding, rice pudding, bread pudding, uh, creme brulee, uh, a vanilla bean cheesecake. I think you could- is a cheesecake a custard? I was just going to ask. Well, that. let's look at this. The filling has eggs and cream cheese. I'm going to argue, I did see on Wikipedia that it that the dairy in a custard base can be cheese. Okay. So I think could it, a cheesecake could it be is like a custard. A, like an aged cheddar. It, in theory, could be. I, yeah. Yeah. But that, that would, sounds Then it would be gross. a savory custard, which we're not allowed to talk about. No. So um, anyway, yeah, I, you know, if we had decided on this show topic more than 36 hours in advance, yeah. I would have made an instant pot custard, but I didn't. Oh, okay. I think you were going to say you would have, uh, like, refined the topic because I, I'm starting to get the sense that the that we chose for the topic of this week's episode, food. Yes. We milk. like we, we've chosen like a concept that encompasses pot de creme, cheesecake, uh, <laughs> chawan mushi, yes. pudding, creme brulee. God, why are you always bringing up chawan mushi? This is not the savory <laughs> custard episode. Okay, next week we're doing a chawan mushi episode. Okay. Try and stop us. All right, can I go on? Yes. Okay, so I have a little bit of, of custard history, which I don't know about you, but custard history was my favorite history class in high school. <laughs> Oh, yeah, me too. It was right behind Russian history, which which was actually... Did you like, really take Russian history? I took Russian history in high school, and it was amazing. Yeah, Russian history is Real one, cursed of, land. one of my favorite things. Oh, okay. We should... We should I was going to say talk more about this, but maybe, I mean, should we do an episode? On Russian history? Maybe maybe we can like do a Russian food and work in some of your Russian history. I think that sounds great. I mean, I, I would like to remind you that I'm 42 and I took this class when I was 17. Um, but it sounds like it made a big impression. It did make a big impression. But I think the things that I remember tend to be, you know, the kinds of things that everybody remembers, like exactly how hard it was to kill Rasputin or how... Yes, yes, of course. Or like Stalin's five-year plan um, and and what what a nightmare that was. Animal farm. Um, and I mean, Russian history just time and time again it is filled with like delicious corruption and, and backwardness. Oh, yeah. People getting erased from photographs. Yes. Uh, that also happened. Right? Well, that happened kind of all over the Eastern Bloc. But I, I guess really? That, well, yeah. I mean, have you read any Milan Kundera? I did in high school English. Okay. Well, anyway, there's, you know, there's a whole, well, there's a book called The Book of Laughter and Forgetting by Milan yeah. Kundera, which um, deals a lot with a, a central image in it is this person disappearing from a photograph. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's also a central image in Back to the Future. I think so it probably also happens instead. in some Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, but that's that's because like like the person just got bored of sitting in the in the picture and, and left. 
right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's not that someone was disappeared. Right. God, I think I should read the Book of Laughter and Forgetting again. I read it when I was sure. in high school, and I think I didn't understand it at all. But I, there were moments, like I had moments of being like, I think I understand 10% of this, and it's brilliant. Did he also write uh, The Unbearable Lightness of Being? He did. He did. Um, which I've which never read. Then there was... There was a movie, and I think when it came out, like I got the impression that it was a sexy movie. I think it is a sexy movie, isn't okay. it? Okay. Or, or are yeah. we thinking of like what else? I mean, I I don't I don't have evidence that it isn't. Why didn't we watch that for Dire Desires? We should, yeah, we should we should watch. We that. We should do like I don't know. Anyway, okay, Dire Desires was too expensive for us to make. Anyway, we shouldn't tease <laughs> ourselves with uh with talking about doing it again. Okay, can we get back to custard history? Yes. <laughs> okay. So custard tarts were apparently really popular in the Middle Ages. And I think you can picture this. I mean, picture like, you know, the old groaning spread on a, a Middle Ages <laughs> table with the candles. I love picturing the old groaning spread. <laughs> with the candles. I mean, don't you picture this in like, you know, an old castle? Yeah, but you know what I'm picturing now is is like like a, you know, an oil painting of like a... a mm-hmm. um, a huge table with a dead uh, rabbit weighed, on it. Yeah, weighed down with hundreds of dishes, all of which are technically custard in some way or another. Sure. <laughs> custard tarts were popular in the Middle Ages. And so apparently, the, the custard tart is where we get the English word custard because the word comes from the French crustade, which referred to the crust of the tart. Oh. And is derived from the Italian crostata and the Latin crustare. But then they took they took away the crust and it remained a crusted. Right? Isn't that weird? Yes. <laughs> anyway, I like it. But uh, Matthew, you know our last episode. I don't remember what it was, even though we recorded <laughs> it only a week ago. Wait, what was it? You oh, uh, you read a whole bunch of stuff in like Middle English. Um, yes, it was. Uh, it was the one with the the pastry coffin. The pastry. What would that have been? What's- Apple pie. Yes, apple pie. Okay, well, Matthew, I've got some more, like, old English words for you to read. I could not be more ready for this. Okay, so there's this 14th century collection of English, like, uh, cookery recipes. Cookery seems to me an old Cookery, yes. And this collection of, of recipes is called The Form of Curie. Do you think I'm pronouncing yes, that Yes, I've heard You've this heard title before. Wow, so from the 1300s. That's, like, amazing to me. Anyway, there were lots of recipes for custard tarts in this book. Matthew, would you would you like to read the first recipe title? Sure. <laughs> cream boiled. <laughs> <laughs> or or just cream, cream, creme boiled. Wait, what, what about crustards of flesh? Oh, sorry. I, I skipped over the important one. <laughs> Crustards of flesh and crustad. Um, but w- oh wait, no, no, that's two different things. <laughs> but wait, you really have to draw out the s in flesh. <laughs> right, crustards of flesh. <laughs> Bring me my crustards of flesh, <laughs> Jester. Oh, no, the Jester probably wouldn't bring the, which, the crustard. Which would be a cu- uh, like meat or fish bound by custard. <laughs> Was a court jester a real thing? I don't know, but I I like to think so. I like to think so too, except like <laughs> the impression I get from from watching, I guess, like a knight's tale or whatever is is like it was a bad job because like as soon as you made a mistake, you know, you'd be executed, right? Yeah. And it seems it seems like one of the more difficult 
comedy jobs. Yeah. Well, because I imagine all kings behaving like, oh my God. Henry VIII? No, I'm thinking of uh, Lord of the Rings, of course. The mm-hmm. Steward of Gondor. Uh, God, what was that? Yeah, guy? again, I saw just the first movie and slept through part of it. Oh. Right. Okay. Never mind. Okay. But everybody out there, you know what I mean. Everybody you else knows what you mean. Everybody. Do you remember watching him like as as you can see men like being killed outside? You watch him sit at this groaning spread of food and he bites into a cherry tomato and like the, <laughs> the juice flies everywhere and his mouth, like they're close ups of his mouth. Do you guys remember that? <sighs> That's what I imagine all kings are like. That a uh, cherry tomato is botanically a custard? (laughs) Um, Do you ever feel like, this is related to to being a king, that like if they put you in charge, you you would fix everything? Even though like everybody who's ever felt that way was extremely wrong? Yeah, I mean, I I think that it is a prerequisite for being a human and having a human brain Yeah, that you think that if you were in charge, everything would be fine. Mm -hmm. Everything would be better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like they would have let me win on Jeopardy for sure. Of course they would have, Matthew. Like I'm the king. Uh, But then what would have happened when Lori came on Jeopardy? Because you would have still been on your winning streak. And then who would have won? Oh, wow. This would have been, well, I mean, first of all, the ratings would have been huge. Right? Like the king and queen facing off on Jeopardy. I don't know what would happen. I mean, first of all, I think she would probably win. I think that she would turn you into a crustard of flesh. Yeah. Like first first figuratively and then literally. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, in the Middle Ages, they were eating meat bound by custard. How do you feel about that? <laughs> okay. Okay, but they, they also had like stirred custards cooked in pots, and that's but the creme boiled. <laughs> you, I mean, you told me not to mention quiche, but like like a quiche with the bacon in it, that's like a that's like a meat bound by custard. That's true. Oh, isn't God. bound by law something? Yeah, God, we're talking about savory custards here, though. We got to get away from it. Right. That's why I said you told me not to say it. But do I play by the rules? No, I'm the king. I make the rules. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today apparently after the revolutionary war the american revolutionary war the fourth of july was celebrated of course and and the foods that were served varied but custards were among the traditional dishes in the northern u.s to celebrate the fourth of july i guess this is because was it custard tarts it just says custards 
Because we already determined custards can mean kind of anything. Fine. Yeah, they probably just served like creme anglaise and just poured it directly into their mouths on the 4th of July. Like, hooray, independence. Oh, okay. That is, we can, that is truly festive. We can do whatever we want. We don't have to wait and pour this stuff over something else. We can just drink it. Down with that's, the king. That's true. Yeah. Like so so you think like in the aftermath of the American Revolution it's as if you had like gotten rid of your parents, your annoying parents oh God, and now you yeah, can you do, do anything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. After we uh you know won our independence from Britain, we raided Britain's liquor cabinet. We yep. totally Absolutely totaled its car. Uh, yes. What else did we um, do? Well, got a big stain on the rug. Oh, my God. Yeah. Of blood. Yeah, some cigarette burns on the arms of the sofa. Yeah. Um, like. What else did we do? Uh, I we mean, probably, probably blew like, up its Aunt Marge. Probably blew up Aunt Marge. Probably, probably like had sex like in our in our parents' room, which in this analogy means like Norfolk. Yeah. <laughs> Because because it's it's northerly and that's where you folk. Oh, God. Okay, Matthew. All right, so let's move on to France now that we have. This is why we got executed when we were court jesters. Okay, all right. I mean, me specifically. So there are uh, lots of fancy names in French cooking, as you can imagine, for <laughs> okay. for different types of custard. But for reasons of, of my own self-preservation, I have decided not to say the different names of custards in French what? cooking. So you know, there's there's a particular name for a custard that has gelatin in it. There's a particular name for a custard is, that with beaten egg whites. I think that's like a... Is one of these a sabayon? Actually, that's Italian. But I believe... No, but no, that's sabayone. Sabayon is the French version. Okay, whatever. I believe that <laughs> custard with gelatin is a bavarois. Oh, I've heard and that. And I think beaten egg... Uh, custard with beaten egg whites is a creme chiboust or something like that. I may be Oh, that total, sounds sexy. It? Sounds like a uh, boost. That's how I talk when I'm in Norfolk. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, and in the UK, there are some custards... <laughs> thanks thanks a lot for calling back the joke that I got executed for. Uh, in the UK, there are some custards made without eggs. Wait, but then is it, <laughs> is it a still a custard? I don't know. So, okay, wait. I don't, I don't I, you know. Just, you just, like, dropped, just dropped drop me through a trap door. It was door. something I got off Wikipedia, and now I wish I'd just cut it well, out. Okay, maybe let me let me it's jump like in here. It's like when you're writing because... a history paper and you find a fact that contradicts your thesis and you just leave it out. <laughs> but you didn't leave it I out. Know. You put it in I because know. because you have ethics yeah. and it and it has to stop. You're you're never going to become ruler if you if you're so ethical. Okay. Let me let me introduce here the concept of birds custard because this is a egg-free custard powder in a can that is very popular in the UK. <gasps> And Watzel, wife of the show, Lori, got Silots W, um, which is sister-in-law of the show, Wendy, a can of Bird's Custard for Christmas. And I wasn't sure what it was, so I looked it up. And uh, as I said, it's an egg-free imitation custard powder. Silots W is going to use it to make a trifle, if she hasn't already. But it's really, it's a can of cornstarch, salt, and artificial flavors and colors. Is this something that Watzel and Silots W, like, have, a, like, fond memories of? Or why why would you give someone an 
egg-free imitation custard powder. I'm sorry, Watson. Why would you do that? Again, like you, you are calling out uh, the queen. I know, but usually here. I'm so supportive of Watzel. I feel like it keeps things more realistic if I actually express my disdain. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I bet the answer is that uh, Silots W was planning to make a trifle recipe from an English cookbook oh. that called for bird's custard powder and asked, you know, are you if you're going to a store ordering from a store that has bird's custard powder, can you get me some and because it was the christmas season watzel decided to to make it a gift not just a grocery pickup this is this is the scenario i've concocted okay i think this sounds extremely plausible yeah so and i mean it's probably good i remember seeing it in the wikipedia entry on custard and i ignored it because of ethics because of ethics because it it went against my thesis right Um, Okay, Matthew, so let's get into types and uses of custards, because it is, if we haven't already blown our listeners' minds with how custard is everywhere. The thing you're about to say is going to be so upsetting to me and possibly everyone. Ice cream is a custard. No, I quit. This is it. Oh, you actually did put your headphones down. Sorry, for dramatic purposes, I, I slammed my headphones down, but then I couldn't hear if you responded yeah. to, to my uh, uh, provocation. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, of course ice cream is a custard. Yeah. Only, I mean, ice not, creams that contain... Not Philadelphia-style well, ice yeah, cream. Well, yeah, ice creams that don't contain eggs. We can, we can argue about that, although, but then, then are you going to say that bird's custard isn't a custard? Well, it's a... It's a, it's a uh, Philadelphia a, a imitation ice cream custard. Is, is to ice cream as bird's custard is to custard. But I think Bird's Custard is trying to imitate the custard you know, but Philadelphia-style ice cream is is just like its own style of ice cream. Well, some might say the same of Bird's Custard. Okay, you're right. Okay, now, frozen custard. Now, what what's... Okay, so this is, this is another type and use of custard. What's the difference between ice cream made using eggs and frozen custard? I knew the answer to this at one point, and I have forgotten. Do you know? I don't know. I was hoping you would. That's why I wrote the question. Uh, I know. I mean, I know frozen custard is delicious. It's probably better than ice cream. Huh. Bummer. I'm sh- okay. Uh, listeners, please let us know the difference between ice cream and frozen custard. We could also look it up right now. Okay. You want to? You do it. Okay. It says uh, frozen custard is uh, any dessert or non-dessert that is or is not frozen. Uh, okay, frozen custard is a cold dessert similar to ice cream, but it made with eggs in addition to cream and sugar. Well, that's also true of ice cream. It's usually kept at a warmer temperature compared mm-hmm. to ice cream and typically has a denser consistency. This makes sense. Yeah, Th- this makes sense. The warmer temperature thing I, I can get. Okay. Right. Uh, all right, another type and use of custard, pudding. This is custard that has a starch added to it. Yep. Okay. Okay. Creme anglaise, we already discussed this. This would be like a pourable custard. You know where I've had this? Many years ago, in the early 2000s, I went to New Orleans and ate at Commander's mm, Palace. Yes. And they have this signature dessert where they make a bread pudding and then they kind of like bust it open and pour custard in they, it. It's so redonkulous. Yes. Creme anglaise is quite often served with bread pudding, which is like custard with custard, but we'll get there in just a minute. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Pot de creme, which we discussed earlier. This is a, um, a baked custard. I think chocolate pot de creme is probably one of my favorite desserts. I don't make it very often, but it's very I good. I love butterscotch pot de creme, which I have not made in sure. years. Creme caramel. This is like sometimes, isn't it called a 
like a creme renversée upside down, like a reverse, yeah, yeah. so that or or a flan, right, uh, like a flan, yeah, so that the the caramel, liquid caramel, runs down over it. This was a dessert I was afraid of as a Me kid. Me too. Oh, big time. No yeah. way would I get near that. Yeah, I don't know what I thought. Once I tasted it, I was like, oh, okay, this is just dessert. Mm-hmm. But what was I so afraid yeah, of? Were you afraid of the jiggle? Maybe I was afraid of the jiggle. Yeah. But like, like, what's the thing I'm afraid of now that if I if I just like, you know, took a, a long, hard look at myself, I would realize like, you know, that the fear didn't need to be inside me. Hmm. It's not egg salad because like I, <laughs> I, my fear there is justified. I don't know. Killer robots? No, that's probably justified. Yeah. Okay, Matthew, can I move on to the next one? Please. All right. So uh, I think we did, I think creme caramel and flan, we're going to say for our purposes here on the show, they're roughly the same. I'm sure a lot of people are going to disagree. But anyway, pastry cream or creme pâtissière, like you'd find in a Boston cream donut, a cream puff. Yeah, or in a a custard cream donut at Mr. Donut. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Then, Matthew, let's talk about bread pudding, which basically is bread baked in a custard. So it's like like the the, uh, meat bound with custard of the Middle Ages. But with bread. With bread in place Mm -hmm. of meat. And it's frequently served with creme anglaise poured over it, which is how you get custard served with custard. Yeah. Do I like that? I don't think I actually enjoy eating it very much, but I like the concept. I. It's one of those things that I would never make and I would never really order. I mean, if I if I were going to restaurants, but if somebody else ordered it, but if someone left it yeah. like at the table next to you, and uh, you would like lean over with your like fork. that time at my cousin's wedding when I was twenty, and I went around and ate strangers' wedding cake slices that they had left to get up and go dance. Why did you do that? I want to hear this really story. Good cake. Also, it was my first time oh. actually like drinking a cocktail and like more than one cocktail. This all makes I sense. I think I was t- I think I had just turned 21 and at this wedding this was 1999 they were one of the they, they had two signature drinks. One was Manhattans, which I found okay. terrifying and disgusting. Sure. And the uh, which I I no longer find terrifying or disgusting. And the other was a cosmopolitan. And yes. I drank uh, a cosmopolitan. Felt very silly. And I loved the wedding cake they had. It was a it was possibly the best wedding cake I've ever had. It was just a really good cake, and it had this incredible raspberry mousse in the center like the center of the two layers. So like as people got up and started dancing, I I took my fork and I went around and like ate unfinished pieces of cake. I think this was after my second cocktail. Did this cause a problem with the wedding photos? Because like you're, you're like a shadowy figure (laughs) in in the background of everyone like stabbing cake with a fork drunkenly. Uh, Not that I know of, but I'll ask my cousin, uh, (laughs) Because I would love. That. Is there a video from this? There's not a video. That we could I'm pretty post? sure there's me dancing. I also developed a massive crush on my cousin's best man, who was God at that point, like probably probably eight years older than me. So I probably seemed like a wee young baby thing because he was 29 yeah. and I was like still in college. Yeah, that's, that's a, a big, big deal. And anyway, but I had such a crush on him and I, I was sorry, I wasn't being no, judgmental no, I, about I, I your crush. No, no, I feel a bit embarrassed like, about it now. You know, like I mean, did you ever do that kind of like questionable wedding behavior like, you know, you go to a family wedding, hmm. you get a crush on somebody. I didn't do anything bad. I just fawned all over this person all night. And then the next yeah, day I was no, like, no, oh, not really. Idiot. I think like by the time I went to like my I think like my my second wedding was my own. That's right. 
Uh, so, of course, Boston cream pie, cream pies in general, <laughs> and then Portuguese egg tarts. I love Portuguese oh, egg so tarts. Oh, they're so good. They're so, so good. good. Um, I'm most familiar with the Hong Kong style ones, which are which are usually served warm or even hot. And they are fantastic. The Portuguese ones are often allowed to darken on top, right? Right. The Hong Kong ones usually aren't. The ones from neighboring Macau usually Mm -hmm. are. I don't know if I've ever had one that was like, well, okay, I've had one. I've had one in Japan that was that was browned on top. That was that was described as Portuguese style. That was very good. I think that this was the kind of thing that I used to have a lot of energy for making early in my blogging days. Like I seem to remember making custard tarts and writing about it on my blog. I mean, we could probably I used to make a lot more tarts and things. I I, like I so rarely make things with multiple steps now. Yeah, here we go. Is that my blog? Yeah, it's uh, the title of the post is Pot Brise for a Pillow. February 2005. Wow. Everyone, I was Um, 26 years old. The recipe? Oh, it's it's an Alsatian onion tart. No, then that's a different post. Yeah. There's a di- there's a okay. different one where I think I made actual like a, some sort of some version of a custard tart. Okay, yeah. I believe you. Because like the best man speech, <laughs> I've, it's something I've seen in movies a lot. But like, do, do people really do that where the goal is to embarrass the groom? Oh yes. Because I. I don't I don't like that I don't, idea. I feel I don't like like, that like if I was the best man, which I never have been. I feel like like my, I was being tasked with like, you know, getting up and saying like, you know, this this uh you know this guy, he's made a lot of mistakes. I'm going to tell you all or about like, them. like he's fucked around a lot. And uh, uh yep. like it's so like, weird the speeches people give at weddings. Like he probably like stuck his dick in a lot of places he shouldn't have earlier a lot today. Of bowls of custard, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, American pie, am I right? <laughs> Rose. We're we're we good, are at good at like, this. You you hire us for for it's your. It's a wedding. really good thing. So you know, Ash and I were supposed to be having like kind of a a, a party to celebrate because we we kind of sort of eloped to New York. I don't know mm-hmm. if you can call it elopement if you bring your mother. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, uh, then we were going to have a party in August of 2020 to celebrate our marriage. And of course, it was canceled because of COVID. But anyway, Matthew, uh, all this to say, whenever we do have that party, you're not allowed to give that kind of best man speech. Okay, <laughs> I'm not even going to be well, there, invited. There's not going to be any wedding party. So God, I wonder if that means that like everybody's going to think they're the best man and they get to like stand up and say dumb shit. Yeah, I mean, like you, you should put like, you know, uh, no gifts, no speeches. Except I do kind of love the speeches. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're supposed to say, I kind of want gifts. <laughs> but you know what is the bummer, though? If you elope, with even mm-hmm. with your mother, if you elope... <laughs> if you elope with your mother, that's and illegal. Then if you throw a wedding party for yourself and your spouse, but then if you cancel it because of a pandemic, no one gives you gifts. Oh, yeah. I yeah. can see that. And, you know, it's fine. Like... Whatever, it, it's totally fine. But yeah, I, it was, yeah, it was a, no, it was I, a I understand. Sad. But it, you know, it's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm over it. Clearly, I'm so over it. I hear what you're <laughs> saying. Like, you know, check the mail. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, all right, uh, Matthew. Let's move on. Trifles, of course, as you mentioned when we were talking about birds, custard trifles use custard. Floating islands. Yep. Have you ever had floating islands? 
I I've never I know I know of it as a fancy dessert, but I've never had it. Like so of the of the like old school like what would be considered fancy desserts like in the I don't know, I was going to say the 50s, but maybe I mean like the 20s. Floating Island, Baked Alaska, Bananas mm-hmm. Foster, Crepe Suzette. We made Bananas Foster for the show and it's delicious. I don't know if I've ever had any of the others. I have had Floating Islands in French there, of à la neige, so eggs in snow. And they are delicious. Like, So wait, so it's not called Ile Flottante? Oh, wait, it is in sometimes French? called Ile Flottante. Wait a minute, know, let me I've just make that, sure that Oeuf à la neige is what I think it is. I mean, there can be multiple names for the same Oeuf à la neige is also Floating Island, but you're right. It's also called Great. Ile Flottante. But anyway, it is so much more delicious than you would think it is. It's extremely delicious. In fact, when I was like living with a host family and my parents came to visit me at one point, um, and we went to sort of one of those like old school French restaurants, Le Train Bleu, which is in the, the Gare du Nord. Like it's the kind of place that has like a cheese chariot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I get you it. You could order Il Flottante for dessert. And I, you better believe I did. It's so much tastier than it seems. Poached meringue on a bed of creme anglaise. Yeah. I'd like to try it. It sounds, it sounds so unlikely. That, that I that I want to get too in bad that I'm not still like in my early days of blogging and being single and not having a child and and, and you know wanting to cook to escape from grad school I smell a time machine adventure I I mean I, I think I once considered making il flottante at home I was like that kind of person it's not difficult you make a creme anglaise you make a meringue with a certain amount of sugar in it and then you you shape it into balls or canals or whatever you're capable of shaping it into and you poach it and then you can make like a no that sounds you quite can difficult. make a caramel sauce for the top yeah no I'm not yeah. gonna be doing I, this. I'm, you know Matthew when COVID is over maybe maybe we'll have like a working lunch at my house <laughs> And, and you'll oh, make an il flottante? Just as a way of celebrating that COVID is over. Okay, yeah. I mean, or that we've been, or that we've been vaccinated. I, I don't know if COVID will truly yes. ever be over, but we'll be vaccinated at least. By the way, this show is pro-vaccine. Oh, yeah. No, I think they should give you uh, il flottante. When you get like, your like how they give you cookies uh, when you give mm-hmm. blood. When you get your vaccine, they should give you like a, you know a, a certificate and a, a individual serving of floating islands. Do you get it with both shots or only yes. after the second? No, you get floating island with the first one and crepe Suzette <laughs> with the second one. Even though probably you shouldn't be flambéing things in the vaccine okay. tent. Cool. All right. You wrote you wrote frangipane yeah. and zabaglione. Okay, so frangipane. I saw this mentioned multiple times on the internet that frangipane was referred to as a <laughs> custard. I saw that too. It's like an almond thing. Yeah, and it has egg in it, but also butter. Are they considering butter the like milk product? I mean, it is, right? It just seems very questionable to call that a custard. Now all of a sudden you're drawing lines around custard. Okay, and then and then zabayon, which is what is the the alcohol that's in zabayon? Oh, is it like marsala? Oh, I think you're right. So that's a custard that's flavored with alcohol. Okay. Um, and what do you do with it? Like I know it because it's a fun word to say, and I like Italian food, and I don't know if I've ever. Had I feel it. like it shows up at like sort of old school Italian joints where it's served in an oversized mm-hmm. martini glass with berries. 
It shows up at old school Italian <laughs> joints. It uh, bribes the mater d and demands a table. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Um, so basically, yes, everyone, custard is everywhere. It, it, it is the air we breathe. It is the, the water in our bathtub. It's it's the water under our floating islands. It's the water in our bathtub. Like, I, I almost just let that let flow by like a draining bathtub. Have you ever made bathtub gin? <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, for for a time, my absolute favorite movie in the world was Annie, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, there was a part in there where I think Miss Hannigan was was making bathtub gin in the bathtub at the orphanage, and I was like, I want to know all about this. This seems like a cool thing that grownups do. Oh, did Annie take place during during Prohibition? I believe so. I think that would make sense. I think I think yeah, like the. Wow, this 30s, has really been our, our history episode. Like, we've been promising. Yeah. So we've had a little bit of Russian history. We have talked about people being disappeared. We have uh, discussed Prohibition and uh, Miss Hannigan. Yeah, we talked about uh, historical movies like Back to the historical Future. Historical desserts and, um, like Il Flottante. And that means we just have time for one more segment, which is uh, Cute Animals You Need to Know. I'm going to I'm going to send you this week's video. I'm going to text it to you right now. Okay. You know, Abby wants us so, to put these in the agenda, Matthew. Yes, this time though, I already sent it to Abby because we're breaking new ground with this segment because for the first time ever, I mean, we're breaking new ground in multiple dimensions because this is a video that I shot and it's the first time we're featuring a cute animal that is not an animal and is not even alive. Did you make a spilled milk YouTube channel? We already had a spilled milk YouTube oh, channel. That's where we posted video. our training video like seven years ago. Okay, here we go. Okay, wait. This is a cute. Oh, God. <laughs> so the cute animal you need to know this week is tofu, uh, silken tofu specifically, and more specifically, a piece of silken tofu that I ate the other night when we uh, made sukiyaki for dinner. Teenager of the show December noticed, uh, who has a new name, mm-hmm, by the way, mm-hmm. noticed uh, that uh, the to- a piece of tofu was jiggling in a very funny way. Hey, d- jiggling. It- it's totally on topic for this episode. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, that could be the cute animal of the week. And I pulled out my phone and uh, we will we will include the link in the show notes. And uh, you can you can see this uh, this little little piece of tofu that can or at least could right before I ate it. Have you also noticed that it looks like it has eyes? And then it kind of jiggles sort of like there's like a center line, like a mouth a little bit. Yeah, it, I see what you mean. Oh, my God. It's so Yeah, and you, if, if you don't usually watch our cute animal videos, you should watch this one because it's nine seconds long. It's so cute. And it's in HD. I can't. I, I should load it up on our, our TV so I can <laughs> You should. Yeah, watch let's it. get this get this up. on. Do you have like a 78-inch screen? <laughs> we bought um, a TV on OfferUp during during this COVID time. What does that mean? Oh, it's it's kind of like Craigslist. It's like a place okay. where you can list stuff you're trying to sell, and people oh, okay. can you can put a price on it, but people can also kind of counter with their offer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we had a quite small. You can't TV. put a price on entertainment. We had a quite small TV. If you were sitting on the ground watching it, like you couldn't see anything, like it was the kind of yeah. thing where you had to be like right in front of it to see it. So we bought, <laughs> and then no one else could see it because yeah. someone was standing right in front of it. So we bought a larger. TV that is much nicer for 40 bucks on offer. Nice. And you better believe I want to watch this cute tofu on our large TV. Yeah, yeah. No, that is serendipitous. 
Yeah. Wow. This wow. has been a wild, do, exhausting like, do ride. Do I feel like I learned more about custard during during the last six hours that we spent together talking <laughs> about custard? I'm not sure. I, I feel like I learned something. I, I mean, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think that the thesis is also the conclusion, which is that custard is everywhere. <laughs> So so if you if if you said to me, "Hey, let's go out for custard." Like I wouldn't know what to expect. I wish that we could go out for frozen custard right now, Matthew. Do you remember when we used to go out for frozen custard when we used to I do I do. Yeah, I think that place is permanently closed. Uh, do you remember when um, we used to do things friends do? Yeah. Like like you, you would accidentally see me without my shirt on in in the bathroom mirror. Yeah, you know, mirror. friend friend things. <laughs> That was, like, do you remember how mortifying that was to us? That wouldn't be that mortifying to me now, maybe because we've gone to the nude beach together. I think it was, mo- it was more mortifying to you than to me. It was quite mortifying to me. I think, <laughs> because I didn't have to say anything. I, yeah, I didn't know that it had happened when it was right. happening. And then later you were like. Not much later. I don't really even remember how you told me. But yeah, I think I was pretty. I'm going to send you a timeline. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, I mean, I I think I've almost definitely, I told you in the most awkward possible way, because like, how else could it have gone down? Uh, I think pretty much everything you tell me is pretty awkward. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. All right. So you can find us online, spilledmilkpodcast.com. We're on Reddit. Our unofficial Reddit discussion group is reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. Wait, can I Uh, I really quickly thank all of our listeners who have been active on our Reddit thread? Reddit area, uh, our Reddit, our subreddit, our subreddit lately. If, all I'd like to thank everyone who's been active in our area. I, wait a minute. We also need to say, Matthew, that this episode was suggested on our subreddit by Tired Rundown Listless. Oh, that's great. Thank you, Tired Rundown List, Listless. I hope this puts some pep in your yeah, step. Yeah. Also, um, thank you to everyone who chimed in to help me with my red wine problem on Reddit. Like. Uh, yep. This kind of stuff, this makes me really happy. So thanks, guys. And thank you just to everyone who listens to our show. Like, you don't have to do that. No. We appreciate it. I mean, we're not trying to talk you out of it. No. Um, you can you can all be the, the best man at our wedding when, when it, uh, inevitably Molly and I marry each other someday. And, and I mean best man, in a, not in a gendered way, just like you can get up and give a speech about how we're bad. Okay, great. Uh, I'm Matthew Amster Burton. And I'm... Oh, and our producer is Abby Circatella. <laughs> I'm Molly. <laughs> and if we if we were if we were at Abby's wedding, we would both get up and give a, a speech about how great Abby is. Oh my god, Abby is the best person involved in this show. Out of For the three sure. of us, Abby is is the best person. Bye. Bye. <laughs> In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.